Before we get started today, I just want to take a moment to thank a sponsor of this podcast, Town Square Brewing. Around this time of year, I like to really slow down my alcohol consumption. Town Square's non-alcoholic options are ideal for that. Their hot water and sparkling teas are delicious, so be sure to look for those wherever you usually find your craft drinks. If your favorite liquor store or bar doesn't have Town Square in their cooler, you should ask them why they don't. 18 plus of course. Please drink responsibly. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. As, as always, I uh, start by thanking the guests and kind of professing my respect for them taking the time to do this. So welcome. Thank you. I uh, I haven't seen him in a while, but I actually just ran into Justin Benson at Ace this morning. And I was like, uh, I'm doing a podcast with Gabriella in like T minus two hours. I need uh, I need some like inside info, like what what what's a good thing to like kind of start off and ask about that will set it off on the right tone. And he didn't want to like divulge any secrets, but he, he suggested that I ask about like how you got into this in the first place, because I just read the tiny, tiny blurb on your website explaining that you turned is it like nutrition into an interest in natural wine? Like you, you're in the middle of a master's. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it's good to know Justin keeps the secrets. Um, yeah, I was doing my master's. I was, I worked in healthcare and then I started doing my master's. It was in public health, but I was so fascinated in, um, sustainability And, uh, yeah, I thought, well, what better way to channel that into something else? So the kind of condensed version is that, uh, because the whole podcast could be about how I changed my life, but I um, was writing this paper on incineration and, uh, you know, where trash goes, that kind of thing, and kind of having a glass of wine and was uh, depressed about where, you know, uh, garbage kind of ends up, but wanted to yeah it's not ideal um and thought well how how can I be an input later on in life you know am I going to do policy like what what is my final outcome here and I thought maybe I can marry these two loves of you know wine is a food product and came up with natural wine it was you know a kind of and I'll make this pun but like an organic kind of uh cycle into it and just thought I'm going to start my own company and it's going to be something I like and it's turns out it's going to be sustainable focused and it was mine so yeah it's super interesting were were you into like were you drinking natural ones kind of personally uh, when when this started to interest you or did you learn it all. kind of all at the same time so I had never had natural wine before getting into it, which is funny or not. I I mean, it depends how you look at it. But um, I I know the very first low intervention wine I had 
and thought, oh, whoa, they, you know, bees were part of, you know, their vineyard. It was a California wine. And they explained to me how um, they harvested at night because not only did they care about the workers' health, because obviously well, this would have been 10 years ago now, um, it's very hot and they didn't want, you know, the workers to be harmed during harvest, which, yeah, imagine it now. Um crazy hot down there. Um, but also they didn't want to compromise the grapes integrity, etc. Well, that's pretty cool. So yeah, it was um, not something I had, I had ever sought out. I kind of look back at what I used to drink and think, okay, well, I, I certainly don't drink that now. Um, but yeah, it wasn't from a health point of view. I get asked that a lot. I'm like, no, 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 I didn't go into this from a health point of view. I went into it from a, an agriculture focused sustainability kind of mindset. Do you uh do you want to admit like what what were you drinking before? <laughs> um, I don't know that I do want to admit that. Um, but I was certainly not drinking things. Uh, what was I drinking? Um, it's hard to remember like exact names, but um, I certainly don't drink those wines anymore i was drinking like your stereotypical shelf wine that was under 30 dollars. oh so okay yeah right. no yeah, that, yeah. that answer i meant uh, like a category kind of like was it one or was it like beer or cocktails like oh the, yeah the wine category is, is yeah great. i was drinking wine that was mass made and you know um without regard to the planet or people yeah well I mean, we all make mistakes, right? <laughs> At least you learn and kind of change going forward. A lot of people are still stuck on those things. If before, like we continue with that tangent, which I would love to, I just want to interrupt and ask. The other day, I read something online about the meaning of Garneau block. But then just before we hopped on here, I was uh, talking to my girlfriend about it and we were looking it up and we realized I don't think it was like a Garno block thing that explained what Garno block meant. I think it was on some sort of like Edmonton heritage website. So can you like for my sake and listener's sake, is there a meaning behind Garneau Block that you would care to share? Sure. Um, there is a historical uh, aspect to it as well, which I think is really well explained in the historical uh, part that you're talking about, because the Garneaus were very community focused um, uh, members of the society back in the day. Um, very simply, I just kind of live in Garneau and uh, would spend a lot of time here. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of, I get asked that a lot and usually I don't answer it publicly cause I'm like, I, do I want people to know where I live? Um, but yeah, when I started my company, I was in Garneau and just wanted it to be community focused, kind of like the people did, uh, the, the Garneaus did, I think it's Eleanor and Laurent who have it, uh, on their website that talk about the, the Garneaus, uh, but they were very influential people back in, uh, the turn of the cent- the last century that, uh set up Edmonton so I just was really inspired by that okay the see that makes sense like I would have until I read this I just 
assumed it was exactly that, like based on the neighborhood or like that you had some sort of relation to Garno. But then when I, I saw this, I can't even remember exactly what it was. But yeah, it was more of a like explanation of the Garno family and their contributions like way back in the day. So I I wanted to remember to ask you if there was any and it, relation. It really, yeah, and it really circles back to the community aspect of natural wine, right? Like you hear a lot of folks talk about how natural wine is, I mean, supposed to be a community, which I found like really also enticing as well. So yeah, I just kind of liked that a lot. And then like how long approximately like when you started to develop this interest and you had decided you were going to form a company how long did it take until it was actually a company like in when was your your first shipment of wine and when did you begin like distributing that oh um great question i feel like it, it i still feel like it i mean I kind of chilled for the first year trying to learn as much as I could learn. Um, So that brings us to, you know, 2020, which I think we either remember or forget. But (laughs) um, people certainly did drink a lot of wine that year. Oh, Um, I I was just going to actually thank you for (laughs) your contribution because like 2020... Around here, I can't think of a year when people needed natural wine more. So for you to be bringing it in and kind of flooding the streets with that type of stuff, like we we all thank you. It's a very commendable work. We needed it. We yeah. still do, but we did then for sure. So, yeah, I started with wine and then slowly grew the portfolio. Um yeah, I don't know if many people know what it is to become a natural wine or any kind of wine importer in Alberta, but to sign, or at least at the time, I uh, don't know if they've changed it since, but you to sign a winery, you have to uh, you know, be a, a liquor agency here, but uh, you be, it's kind of almost like a circle where you have to already have um, be an agency and it's almost like you have to have like another winery on board to prove that you're an agency. So signing that first winery is very, very challenging. It takes a lot of trust. And I'm very grateful to the first winery that signed on board because I had no industry experience at all and was like, yes, I'll sell your wine and um, I'll do a, you know, a good job. And uh, I have no industry contacts, but here we go. So um yeah, that first year was a very steep learning curve for sure. Um, but, you know, as 2020 came through and, you know, people ask a lot, did you travel? Well, no, it was 2020. Like all of us, we were here. Right. Uh, but so I went from that first one to then people say, okay, well, basically, you know, prove yourself who's who's in your roster. And you go, well, I have this one winery. And they're like, thanks. Talk to us in a year and we'll see who who who's who's in your portfolio. So then it grew to, you know, two, three, four. Now I have 20 and I, um, they are um, some of, I mean, I am not necessarily the best person of like, you know, boasting, uh, but these are wines that you find in the best in Michelin starred restaurants now 
uh, in Paris, New York, you name it, they're in the best wine, you know, wine stores or restaurants in the world. So it makes me incredibly proud to see how this has grown in such a short period of time. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's funny that one of the things I was asking Justin about was, you know, like I, I'm getting more into natural wine. I'm learning kind of slowly. But like, as far as I can tell, the brands that you're bringing into the city are pretty top shelf. And I look at someone like Wonderwork, let's say, and a large portion of the posts that they like repost are people who I know in the city. Right. And I just wonder like what these wine, like what the, the vineyards uh, like globally, I wonder if they're confused at all. Like what is Alberta and why does it have like such an advanced natural wine scene, like compared to other parts? Like, does, is that right? Or does it just seem that way to me? Um, you know, I was in Montreal last, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, it's always nice to hear. And it's not, that's not the, you know, it's always nice to hear, but it is, it is always, I was in Montreal last summer and someone I respect very much, uh, said to me, what's going on in Edmonton? You're making it so cool. Uh, and that just made my day. Um, so it's tr like, I try to communicate to people how incredibly rare it is that we're getting these wines. We're beating out some of the biggest cities in the US, in the rest of Canada even, and it's in Edmonton and Calgary and, uh, you know, Saskatchewan gets some of these wines. Like, cause I, I, um, I import here. So Alberta, uh, sometimes the Yukon takes some, like we're getting these wines and it is such a like to me it's always just such a privilege to be able to do this now and yeah like we just I just signed um Gabriel Beanie for example and there's places in New York that's two bottles and now we just got these wines and I'm like oh my goodness people you don't you do not know what's how special and rare these wines are and, and we're going to be able to share them with you. Like, it just makes me so happy. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like, exactly like that person said, I feel you deserve like all the flowers for kind of <laughs> making it like cool. You know, that like there, it's funny. I always say this about Edmonton. I feel that we're, pretty advanced in like not obviously not every culture but we have a lot of stuff that I just wonder like when people are going to give us the credit we deserve for like bringing this type of culture to the city whether it's like you know clothing music whatever like other people are doing and then you know you doing your part with the wine i just feel like there is so much interesting stuff happening here and i wonder if people will ever admit that publicly I think people are taking notice absolutely yeah i'm i actually agree with you it's a lot of these subcultures that i'm kind of new to or like seeing from from way far out that i'm noticing like you know, the scene seems 
flourishing. Like other people must be noticing, but I guess if if you're saying they are noticing, maybe I'm just not in it enough to notice people noticing as early as they are. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm hopeful that people, I should say, I think the noticing maybe just not as quickly as sometimes as we might like to see, but I think they are noticing. And what's really positive is that, you know, um, we're starting to see some of the, you know, it's easy for me to be like, oh, I'm going to go to this city and go to this party and, um, it's going to be so fun. Like there's these, you know, the like festivals that you see for, for wine and things like that. But now we start to see winemakers saying, yes, we'll come to Edmonton uh, and, or, you know, we'll meet you in, uh, you know, Calgary, we'll meet you in uh, Saskatoon. And it's like, perfect. This, we want to bring um, the sharing the knowledge, right. And it circles back to, you know, when you asked me earlier, well, what did you drink before? And, you know, you know, kind of, you know, cringe a little and say, well, this, but I can't judge people that still do that. And I can't judge me for doing that then because that knowledge gap existed of um, not knowing about these wines. And it's bringing that knowledge forward to people now saying, okay, well, these are why we drink natural wines. And this is why they're special and being able to translate that and make it accessible, I think is why we have so much fun doing it. And uh, yeah, I think why I think a lot of people really identify with what we're doing. Yeah, no, no, it definitely always good to have like a backstory or like a narrative to like a new, not trend, but like a new movement, I guess, you know, like natural one is pretty new everywhere right so for you to be able to actually kind of break it down and explain to people why this is important and not just say like this is important because it's big on the internet or something like to have more explanation behind it I think goes a long way and definitely something I like really like about the way like you present everything like even just your like social media and stuff i was wondering that actually kind of leads me into a question i had when if ever do you think people will like start traveling here like i mean how long is it until the people that run wonder work are gonna come here and just like see what's happening personally like um, I get COVID would have probably made that harder and you starting the company, but now that you're like established and doing it, I wonder if, if that will begin happening. Oh, a hundred percent it will. So we, we, um, it didn't work out with wonder work for this summer, unfortunately, and now it's harvest time. Um, I'm hopeful we can bring wonder work here next year. Uh, but for winery stuff, try not to give away all the secrets. Um, we have plot coming in October and delinquent is coming in November. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. I yeah. love delinquent. That's, right. That's one of the ones yeah. we're into. Yeah. So I don't know um, when this is airing, but yeah, you might just be telling the world before we announce it publicly, but yeah. So September 18th well, is when I'm hoping to release this. 
subscribers here at first. So yeah, we it's it's really exciting that actually we are starting to see that winemakers are happy to for us come here and chat about the wines that they make and meet the people that are you know drinking their wines yeah that i i just see that speeding up what's already happening like kind of uh expediting the process even more so like i think getting the town the city or province like into these ones is one thing but then getting the one makers to come and mingle and appreciate it too i think that hopefully we'll elevate like our, I mean, the natural wine scene here will like step up even one more level when that happens. For sure. I think, you know, my dream is down the road to have raw wine here. I think that would be like in Alberta, I'm I'm not fussy. I just think it should, we, we just need to like, we need to, it's, it just needs to come to this. You know, we, there's a lot of people that drink natural wine in this province. And I really think all of us as importers have done a lot to elevate um, natural wine over the last few years. And it would really be so, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, I think there's so much natural wine that flows in this province. And I think it would be outstanding if, if we could host that in this city or, you know, in this province, I should say. How do you, you guys like go about, I mean, without divulging any direct mm. secrets, like. How do I sign people? No, no. Well, actually, uh, sure. I'd love an answer to that uh, after, but how do you convince kind of older, like snooty wine people to switch from their like regular wine to the like natural wine? Like I'm thinking, of like my girlfriend's parents love one. They're like very tasteful people. We've showed them so much natural one and bought them bottles, brought bottles over for dinner, like sent them Instagrams. We've done it all. And they just like don't want to make the switch. And I'm assuming they like there, if that's a litmus test, there must be a whole like culture of like 50 plus people who have been like set on their time but one for decades like how do you sell to them or convince them that natural is a better like more sustainable option yeah um i the great thing about um wine is that there's probably a wine for everyone uh, and not everyone likes everything. So I personally don't love red wines that are so big that it like punches you in the face. And yet there is a demographic out there that thinks that's the only type of red wine that exists. And I've been pouring wine before that served chilled and had people tell me that I was wrong. And I'm like, no, pretty sure I'm right that this is the correct serving temperature. So, you know, there's always, um, there's always people that will like what they like and that's the beauty of life. So to answer your question, um, if I know that someone already hates natural wine, like sometimes a battle is lost. Like if someone tells me in no uncertain terms, like, 
insert an expletive here. Like I fucking hate natural wine. I'm like, you know, maybe I'm not the person for you, but if someone's like, you know, that's the pre-contemplative stage, there's contemplation, you know, um, if they're at that stage of action where they're like, you know, I'd be willing to try it. Sometimes I just don't tell people it's called natural wine and you might win. And if you say this is a lower intervention wine, or this is made with organic grapes, this is farmed biodynamically. And they go, well, what's that mean? And you kind of explain the farming methods and it has perhaps a more conservative label than, you know, like uh, something that's, so maybe not a delinquent or, uh, or you just don't show them the bottle and you just pour it for them. And then they taste it first before you, you just put the wine in their glass. Uh, so I have those kind of gateway to natural wines. I would say plot and delinquent are real easy gateway wines to natural wine, because if they don't see the bottle, they can't judge it, you know? Um, yeah. It re- but I always ask people what kind of wines they like to drink. Cause if you love a big red, um, wow, I'm really shitting on people who love big reds, aren't I? Um, it depends what you like. And if you just, if I, I don't want to pour you something that you don't want, like, I'm not going to give you a pet nat if all you've ever had is these big Napa cabs your whole life, because you might not, you might get this preconception of what natural wine is. And then just think all natural wines are this one thing and say, well, I hear natural wine and go, well, you probably don't because some of the most expensive wines in the world, like DRC go for thousands of dollars a bottle, but they don't call themselves natural wine. And chances are you would go to an auction house and still buy that wine. So let's scale back and say, okay, well, what do you like? Uh, Let's get it in a glass. You should taste it. And then let's go from there. That's how I get people to drink natural wine. Yeah, that that fully makes sense. What what's your like, what's the percent of people who are like you can win over? And then like how many out of 10, let's say how many people are won over and how many people are just like never like decided no natural wine and they'll never like budge on that? Man, it's hard to know because it, I, I see it at floor pours sometimes. So floor pours when you see someone standing in a store, you know, saying, would you like a sample? Yeah. Um, some people like to make a point and say, I just don't like this. And you're like, okay, cool. Like that's, it's your life, you know, like that's, yeah. that's absolutely fine. And other people are like, actually, this is great. I'm like, cool. So another one that's really cool is we're doing another cheese school with Cavern right away. I think that's posted. Um, it is by the time this is out. So we're doing a cheese school with Cavern and that's a, a whole, um, a whole mixed bag of people that love natural wine and don't get exposed to it a lot. And I would say, because the wines they're not picking, I've picked the wines, um, Cavern has picked the cheeses. Um, you'll see people they are like, that's not the wine for me. And then other, uh, other folks that are like, whoa, I would have never picked that and trying to buy bottles on the spot. So yeah, I, I know you're asking for a percentage. It's so variable, but I feel like approaching it with a non-judgmental kind of, you know, this is just at, you know, just try the, you know, just try it. And if you don't like it, there's probably something else you can try is what is the most successful and and really fun, right? Like it's, it's just, 
once I was, um, like in my beginning days, I will say, I was like, Oh, you know, like what, what's going on here. And my friend was like, it's just fermented grape juice, Gabriella. Like, it's okay. And I was like, you're right. This at the end of the day, it's just fermented grape juice. Like it's just, everyone's done it in a little bit of a different style. And so that's kind of what I remind myself is like, you know, some people have added a ton of chemicals and sugar and stuff. I'll just use the word stuff. And the stuff I just, I choose to bring in just doesn't have that extra stuff in it. So everyone just has their preference. It's probably like, I wonder if you having like personally kind of such an open-minded explanation for all this. I wonder if that translates to you being able to like kind of guide people in the right direction because the way you think of it might be a bit like looser and less restrictive. It might, they might be the same way in like sampling stuff. So my my guess is you have more people like it than hate it. I I would say it's certainly well. I mean, yeah, I I would say that we certainly sell wine. So um, yes, I, more lovers than haters. I, I I would say that's good. Yeah, and that I mean that's, that's the answer I was looking for. <laughs> I mean, it is an answer to the question. Um, yes. if I can backtrack to what you said before i would really like to know how again without divulging any like intimate secrets how did you convince people earlier on to sign with you like the the first person it would have been like almost 100 percent like a faith thing right they, they just took a chance on you and it happened to work i hadn't seen how any like new agencies would be able to sign their first person without anything but just like a leap of faith yeah signing people um is always for me now it's it's a lot of fun but still like a lot of lessons learned along the way you for what i always publicly say because i i always get asked that question so that's why I, i figured you were asking it you always we always taste the wines or whatever, you know, cause we have cider as well, um, before they come in. And that has certainly been very helpful because we don't say yes to everyone. Um, we have tasted stuff where, I mean, we're like, Oh, it's a good thing. We tasted this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that was probably in 2020 we got, we tasted stuff that we were like, Oh, whoa, we, we cannot bring this in. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it takes a lot of research on, on my end. Uh, we, I mean, I think there, um, you, you can't just buy based off of what a bottle looks like just on the internet. Um, but you know, you want to know, um, certainly, you know, brands have reputations, but you absolutely, you know, it has to fill a need in what we're trying to bring in and, um, what else? Yeah. It has to fit a need of what we need. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So are you at a point now, like are people reaching out to you to sign them? Like are people sending you their stuff for samples that, I mean, that's, 
awesome, right? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I always want to do, um, a, I mean, I reach out to people if I'm like, oh man, it'd be so dreamy to have this person in our portfolio. But I also want to do a good enough job and bring up in everyone's wines, you know, at X interval. So I don't want to have so many people that I can't represent them all well. So I just, um, you know, I, I, if someone reaches out and I don't think that it's a good match, I either, you know, say thank you, but no, or maybe in the future, but, um, cause I don't, you know, maybe in the future it will work out, but, you know, um, or I send them on to someone that I think it will be a good match. But um, yeah, I don't accept, I don't just unilaterally say yes to everyone. Like we're not a 300 plus page portfolio agency. That's not who Garneau Block is. So yeah. yeah, there are those agencies, but we're not a big place like that. Uh, yeah, okay. That That's a perfect segue into this. Like you were saying before like you signed your first and then it was two and then four and now you're at 20 what like what's the ideal like how many what capacity do you have brand wise like do you want to see like 40 or 60 or do you want to kind of stop around now or around 20 that's a really fair question i think it depends on the market so the market has gone, has gone, been all over the place in the last three years. So I think it will depend on where the market goes in the next 10. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it does. I'm also thinking like, I mean, this is probably a novice question, but I have no idea like how uh, an agency like Garno Blog would work. Do you have to like, not only you know, decide like what ones you want to carry, but then do you have to go based on like a, a harvest schedule? Like do you bring, cause you probably only have so much actual shelf space wherever you store these ones. So are you bringing them in, in stages? Like once one ships, do you sell through? And then like, is it always a juggling act between like brands for storage? Brilliant question. Uh, harvest affects a lot of um, our wine schedules. Um, so all the wines legally have to go to a place called Connect Logistics. If you're ever in St. Albert, you'll see the uh, the warehouse. It's massive. Uh, oh, nothing yeah. Ever, yeah, yeah, it's huge. Um, but nothing ever comes really personally to my house, uh, at least that anyone buys samples, you know, of course. But nothing like that anyone's getting off the shelf has ever been in... in um, anyone's home like any agency's home it all goes to the warehouse in St. Albert uh but you know I think it's I I find a lot of consumers myself included are, are always very excited about the next new thing so I I find it's really exciting to oh and my you know it's always fun to be like well we have our like main staples but it's always fun to bring in something new so yeah, we're not limited to my knowledge of any, I've never brought in anything of such volume that they were like, you have to decrease this, but we pay something, we pay, um, we have to pay storage fees at Connect. So it's uh, how, you know, we have to pay, what is it? 
I don't know the exact fees off the top of my head, but it's it's always incentivizing to move it out quickly. Really? Oh yeah, no, no, that see, I didn't know that. That's great, great in info to have. You don't have to like. There's no Garno Block warehouse. Like sure. you're just renting yeah. space in their warehouse. Correct. Yeah, we have to. Like it's like you're an agency. All of your wine goes there. Like it's just built in. So yeah, it's just, uh, and we don't have, we oft, I'm always asked what's, I love your store, but can you remind me the address? I'm like, we don't, we cannot sell direct to consumer. That's not a thing that's allowed. We do not have a physical store or location. It's all of us. Yeah. Does that mean like there will never be, uh, like you on all blog retail? That is correct. That's not legally allowed in Alberta. Is that a Canada thing or like North America thing? Uh, that is an Alberta thing. Cause I think there's other places. I, I don't know the legislation in each province. I think in Ontario, they can sell direct to consumer. I forget about Saskatchewan, but in uh, Quebec, I think is also its own set of rules, but yeah, I just have to keep it straight for Alberta and Saskatchewan. So um, yeah. yeah. Alberta, I can't sell direct to consumer. I get asked a lot. Like, Sorry, no. Wait, how does the like? I'm trying to understand this. I'm sure the listeners are too. What like? Can you uh, like? Ex- what is like? So you can open a liquor store and then distribute to yourself? Because like, what about you know, like one twenty one or Highlands or whatever? They're selling. Yeah, they have a different. Yeah, they have a different license. As an agency, I I am not legally allowed. Oh, okay, okay. Now, now I'm so like technically you could open a liquor store, but it would have to be separate. Like they couldn't operate together. Nope. I still like as an agency. Um, I can I can basically only be a third party, so I can never, ever take that liquor and sell it to anyone. It's funny. So it all has to go to the warehouse and then the AGLC pays me when it's sold. So technically you could open a store under a different name, like different license, but then Garnell Blog would have to sell to that store to then sell to people. I could try and do that. But then the thing is, but then the thing is, if you own a liquor store, you can't have any conflicting relationships with um, agencies. So then I'd still get in trouble. So, so no, basically the answer is no, you basically cannot sell liquor to anyone like me as an agency. I like, if you're like, Hey, Gabriella, can you sell me that bottle of wine? The answer is no, I cannot. You have to go to the liquor store and get it. That's just the easiest and shortest answer. And I mean, maybe, maybe all, all, like all's well that ends well, because you seem to be very <laughs> good at what you're doing, right? No point in like throwing an extra Pretty thing. Pretty much, exactly. But, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun just doing like the, like, like, for example, photo shoots, hilarious, right? Like there's days yeah. I'm holding a bottle of wine, I'm like, well, this is a fun afternoon, you know, like. Do you, this is actually kind of a random question that I was just wondering personally, 
when you have like a, a more like orchestrated photo shoot, you know, like a nice, nice photo of like, say, Justin enjoying wine as he often does. Do you actually like, does that improve the sales of that one? Or is it just like, because you can do it, you might as well. Sometimes I've seen a direct correlation of us putting up a post and an order on connect. Cause that's only the only place I can see um, sales go through. Right. Cause I don't know what happens on liquor, like in a liquor store, if a bottle is sold, I really don't know if wine sold that day. Right. Right. But there have been times it's not every time where we do a post um, and wine gets sold. So certainly I think our social media is helpful in selling uh, products for sure. I just, I always kind of personally wonder like when I see like not just you guys, like anyone, even when I used to like when Nowhere Fast was a retail space, like we would spend a bunch of time on a photo and then we could sell as many of those things if we just like snapped an iPhone photo and like threw it up on story or something. So I always wonder, does that translate to everyone? Like having these not extravagant, but like thought out photo shoots, like a day of shooting for a post, does that translate into sales? And I wish, I, I wish I knew the full answer. I mean, I just, that Garneau blog exists and keeps sustaining itself is probably an answer. Like in, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, I assume it helps a lot. You, I think you guys have like a, a very, very dialed in like visual presence. I was, I was scrolling back as far as I could, like right before we hopped on here. I, I really appreciate like that each photo and how it looks all together. I know a lot of people aren't like as maybe calculated or like don't care about that type of thing as much as I do as a customer or as you do as a business owner. But I I think it's great. I just wondered if, if you could like speak to if it pays off in the end, but it does, I think. So I think it does. I mean, I only see one metric out of many. Um, do I see an order like direct and connect like uh, every time? No, but I, yeah, I'm just scrolling back to like, what did we post today? Did I see, uh, well, no, today was a, a giveaway. Um, so hard to see a metric on that one. But, you know, are people um, in the stores going and looking for our wine? Yeah, it, I think it's also like a, a long game, right? Like, is it in people's heads that they want to go buy a Christina Rosé? Yeah, I would probably think so. So, yeah. But again, there have been times where we've done posts and I see, you know, X store ad, you know, like buy it that day. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, bingo, we got it. Like that's, we did it today. So, yeah. Again. And I mean, my knowledge of all that stuff is you absolutely can't win them all right so even if like a few of them work and a few don't that's probably best case scenario right for anyone on any like media platform is the 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 number of stores that you guys selling to is that growing or is that something you 
keep small on purpose. I'm just well, wondering, like, I more and more people every day, like friends of mine, just like acquaintances and people in the city. I, I follow a lot of people just to like keep tabs on what everyone's doing, kind of. And I see more and more people drinking and posting and collecting natural wine. So I wonder if more stores are trying to sell it and if that like translates to more accounts for you. That's a great question. I think there are stores that have decided to kind of stick to, I'm going to call them conventional wines. And there are the stores that have really carved out their niche in natural wines. So some stores might have, you know, just organic wines on the shelf, but really, you know, like the firmly natural wines, I think there are the few stores that are like, we carry natural wines, here they are. And that hasn't super expanded in the last few, well, last year or so. But um, I'd say restaurants uh, has started to expand their list. Um, Like Darling's open again, and that's just been awesome for this city because it really exposes people to um, really everyone's portfolios of, you know, natural wines and low intervention wines. And it's not, I think it kind of, you know, takes away the, this is weird. Cause that kind of, you know, like you think five years ago, it was like, Oh, this is weird. And other, and really is, this is just normal. This is wine, have it with some delicious food. Voila. And you kind of see other restaurants, you know, again, not to go back to Montreal, but like when I was, you know, visiting my family, um, you have to throw a rock to find any restaurant that has conventional wine on a list. And it would be, I'm really hopeful that we kind of see that shift in mentality kind of come back here of like, why do we have, you know, conventional wine on a list at all? Like, it's just, it'd be really cool to see that mindset change so yeah it's my little and rant <laughs> where where else like i mean the the comparisons to montreal are great but have you spent time anywhere else since yeah. you've been like as involved with all this like can you yeah uh when yeah uh well calgary of course um but in the states i was in um where was I in the States? Went to Maryland. Oh, New York, of course. Um, I haven't been to Europe in a while, not since starting the company. Um, New York was great. A lot of natural wine stuff there. I don't think it's fair to, you know, New York is New York. So we'll leave that be. Um, but it, I think it's a lot more common to see places. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I was in D.C., what were the wine lists like there? I was there briefly for a festival. So most of my time was spent at the festival offsite. Saskatoon, their, their wine uh, programs are, are um, really like at pop, of course. Um, that The, um, the wine uh, scene there, I should say the natural wine scene there is also really starting to take off, which is super exciting. Um, yeah, it's fun i think edmonton is doing a great job of incorporating it more like you'll go to restaurants that typically haven't had i think of pip for example where it used to just be a feature to have natural wine on a list and now natural wine is just 
on the list. So that to me is such a fun change. And, you know, that's how changes happen, right? Yeah, definitely. Do you, uh, you think it'll like, I wouldn't say like natural one is cheating, but it looks like so enticing, right? Because a lot of the bottles are clear and a lot of the liquid is like this beautiful, you know, like orange, pink, red. So it just sort of like entices people to drink it. Like I have a few friends who had never even really thought of a natural one, but during the pandemic, they would go to like Rosewood and the way Mm -hmm. Rosewood had the bottles on the table the sun would hit it and it just looked, they were like, we, we don't even know what this is, but we want it because it looks so cool. And I think when I go to liquor stores, the like natural wine shelves look way more interesting to me than like a shelf of like dark green bottles of it. Like it could be really amazing wine, but I just feel like natural wines look a lot more like intriguing do you find like a lot there are people who try it just based on aesthetics? Like they don't even really care or know at first about any of the other reasons why they should be drinking it. It's just the way it looks. Yeah. I think like any like any product, people might buy something based off the label. Um also side note, Rosewood is great. God, I love that place. Yeah, um, yeah man. Fangirling. Um, but also, if you like sometimes read about the wine, they make it in such a like interesting way. Like I was looking at a wine last night. I was like, I've got to message these people. Like I I need to try this wine. And it was made in such a style. I don't know if you know what carbonic maceration is, but it's you'll find it a lot in Gamay's. And it just, it gives you that like, cinnamon bubblegum kind of banana note and they had done it in a way that I was like okay I just have to try this and so I find natural wines just inherently very interesting to make because the winemakers don't follow these prescriptive rules um you know not each bottle is going to taste the same they're not adding you know this yeast this you know amount of sulfur dioxide this amount of sugar doesn't have to taste like last year's vintage um it's going to be something alive and and tasty uh not implying you know that you know conventional wines aren't tasty blah 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 but it's really going to be something dynamic and fun and i think that fun gets conveyed and you know whether it's through the label or whatnot and if you've tasted one before you you, you know that you're probably in for, you know, something that's going to be unique and exciting. And so, yeah, I think natural wines are fun. And yeah, I, I personally love drinking them for that reason myself. But also to me, they're also a little bit of an academic exercise as well. And not in the, you know, oh my gosh, boring, but just like, oh, wow, this had how many days on skins and whoa, you can really do that. And they don't, they don't necessarily follow the same rules that, you know, you, you've kind of grown up with, you know, in the wine world. And, um, 
kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about being a little bit more open-minded with wine. And when you do that, you come up with these absolutely stunning wines at the end that you're like, wow, see what happens when you just kind of think outside the box. And yeah, that's why I think kind of gets displayed. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree. I mean, as someone who barely knows anything about that, I, I agree with the sentiment for sure. That's a great way to put it. I'm, I should have asked you this at the beginning, but can you like briefly just kind of explain like what, like what actually is natural wine? Like what's the difference? You know what, like someone listening to this, maybe they're like 90% decided they're going to go out and try a bottle. Can you like push them oh, yeah. an extra 10 yeah, and there's a test at the end. I thought your listeners knew. So um, basically, natural wine, it, I mean, there's no universal definition or registration or anything like that, unfortunately. But natural wine just means that nothing is taken, um, nothing is added or nothing is taken away. So uh, a natural winemaker is not going in uh, in the fields and spraying anything, or you know, like any chemicals or, or anything like that. And when it gets into their, um, into, you know, when they're, when they're in the cellar, they're not adding any compounds, whether that's yeast, sugar, um, mega purple is a big one that we talk about in, in the industry because those deep cabs, uh, there's a reason they're that color. It's very legal to add uh, the coloring called mega purple. Uh, and then uh, at the end, um, you know, when it's time to bottle, probably the most um, discussed, uh, you'll say, you could say, uh, is something called sulfur dioxide or uh, SO2. Um, yeah, they either don't add any or just a little bit, but way less than something called conventional wine um, or, you know, wine to everyone else. But um, they just, yeah, very sparingly or none. So that kind of answer yeah illuminated it, it answers to me yeah I mean, sweet like i i'm like i don't know anything about any of this so yeah that sweet maybe, yeah no no i think it's perfect i'm just wondering do you have one like what's your least favorite adjective that people use to describe wine like is there one that like drives you and your colleagues crazy huh i mean i don't think i have i mean i hear the word natty a lot and i'm like oh i mean that doesn't sound that complimentary but i guess if that's what you want to call natural wines that's fine i just i hear a lot of wine people really going against the word funky oh yeah the f word yeah Yes, I do call it, funky is a better one. Yeah, please use that. When you are like when you're selling wine to either a store or a restaurant, probably is, is better for this scenario. Do you kind of have like product knowledge meetings or do you like relate info about the wines to them that they can relate or relate to their customers? Or is it up to them to like find all that out themselves? Oh, great question. Um, 
everyone is different. So some places want to taste all the wines before they bring them in, which is not always feasible. Um, other places uh, just pull the info off the website because I try and have everything on the website before the wines land. Uh, what else? Yeah, I think it's not humanly possible for me to meet with every store in the province before they put the wines on the shelf or on their menu. It's just, I can't physically do that, but yeah, yeah I mean, I'd love to be in 10 places at once. My life would be possibly easier, but yeah, <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> right. I'm sure everyone would kind of love that skill sometimes, but yeah, typically I send out, so how it works before wine lands. Uh, I send out something called an allocation email. I'm sure you probably have seen the stories where I'm like allocation email going out, you know, hit me up if you're not on our industry list. Uh, So typically I have all the information they need in that email. And then if not, it's on the website. And then, then I will, you know, if I need to go out and uh, taste wines with some stores, maybe one or once or twice a month, and then they can go from there. So, like, then do you think you have the greatest job in the world? I I don't hate it. I think it takes a lot of organizing and uh, being uh, type A certainly helps. But, you know, there's times where I'm having lunch and I, you know, have a glass of wine and I think, yep, this rules. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes, no- I do. It's amazing. I, obviously, it takes a lot of hard work. I'm not trying to boil it all down to only fun, but you get to like present the city with this or the province with with this amazing like birds of culture and drink wine while doing it. So it seems pretty ideal. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, I get to hang out with my cat a lot, which is great because he's the best boy and uh yeah it's really kind of perfect so yeah i to answer your question yes i do have the best job well one of them if not yes, the one best, of them. i mean to me it's my it's my best you're right i didn't mean to i didn't mean to you know oh no 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 sorry i didn't mean to to question that, I'm just saying, if you won't call it the best, you can at least say it's tied for best with with a few others. Yeah, I agree. It to, to me, it's pretty great. That's how I'll answer that. Uh, I have one question. I promised my girlfriend that I would ask you. We are gonna make uh like orzo and spicy sausage stew for dinner. And we want to pair that with a bottle of natural wine. Can you advise a wine that we should pair with? I would be delighted to, because uh, that brings me to, I hate pairing questions. Um, Sorry. No, no, it's great. It actually brings me to my mantra of like, if you are eating something you like, uh, you probably are going to like the wine. Although this morning I was tasting cheeses and trying to pair it with a rosé at Cavern with Cecilia and good gravy. There was cheeses that did not taste good. So maybe my philosophy is a little flawed, but um, I think, I don't think there's any particular wine that's going to be, that's going to make you sad, 
but, um, see also I'm a vegetarian. So to me, I'm like, everything's great. Uh, Everything's great now. Um, no, I'm, I am actually thinking about, uh, what about a sparkling orange? Yeah. You know, like that. It's kind of my, like, I like all of them really, but uh, that's kind of my favorite. Author Natural one is like an, an oh. orange, like a sparkling orange. So I'll, I'll take that. Or a light juicy red could work too. Which is good. And I know Sarah likes that as well. Chorizo is, I'm just trying to think, spicy, hey? You don't want something too high alcohol or it's just going to intensify the heat. St. Laurent would be nice on another day. It's like a gamay sort of. Her orange is really nice. If you have the Christina orange, you might like that too. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably just go to like 121. That's close to our house and they always have everything. They're awesome. Yeah, they're great. I I have one one last question. Do you think it's, I mean, you're probably the best one to ask because you actually know about all the like inner workings of this. Is it even possible to make natural wine in Edmonton? Like I, I don't want to. Like I'm not asking because I'm trying to start a vineyard. I'm just like what I had heard was certain places is not really logical. But then I had also heard that LA would be one of those places. And Wonderwork is absolutely the best wine I've tasted. So if they can do it, I wonder, can it be done here? Well, I guess you would need grapes to grow in Edmonton, right? And currently, I don't know of any grapes growing in Edmonton because vines freeze at around, I think it's minus 20. And so, yeah, no, there's no grapevines around here that are living in enough. Uh, I know people say, well, we have some Concord, you know, growing in Alberta. I, I don't know that I've seen anyone making wine in Alberta. It just, it's not happening. So um, yeah, I think we're not making, I mean, climate change as rapid as it is, you know, that could be a different story and sadly in five years, but currently because of the way that, uh, you know, thankfully that, you know, we still get minus 20. Um, when I say vines, you know, I mean like great vines, right? Like for, for, uh, wine, um, it, it, the, the vines would die. So, um, yeah, I guess you could, not that you would want to, uh, truck in grapes from somewhere else but well, then it wouldn't be natural wine like from from Oregon or something uh, but you'd have to douse those with sulfur dioxide as a preservative uh, up to Edmonton because that's at least a two to three day trip yeah and, and that you no longer have natural wine but uh I'm probably wrong but I think uh doesn't wonder work like bring all their grapes in from somewhere else? Yeah, around California. Yeah, yeah. so they work with various oh, groups okay. around California, and okay. yeah, yeah. No, okay. The, the, I hadn't thought of that. They bring them in, but way closer, like so they right. don't have to like douse them. Yeah, and they're 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 getting them. Uh, they're not dousing them. No, they're within you know a few hours away, but they're not you know sprinkling them with that you know they don't need to take that step so yeah 
but very fair and logical question. But yeah, the grapes don't even grow in this province. Uh, I just re-googled it and it says vines get damaged at uh, below minus one. So are there any like notable vineyards, like natural one makers in Canada? Yeah, we work with a few. There's quite a few in Canada. You'll find them in um, British Columbia, in Ontario, uh, Quebec, and Nova Scotia. Those are all the winemaking provinces. Yeah. And what what's what's one like? If I want to like check one out and buy a bottle of theirs, what would you recommend? Did you ever have um, the Supersonic from Trail Estate? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's uh, Ontario. They're they're a natural winemaker. Um, who else? Neon Neon is from BC. They're quite famous. Um, Plot is new from uh, BC. Yeah, it's uh, funny you've like mentioned Plot, and I just keep kind of nodding as if I know what you mean. But I admittedly haven't heard of these guys, but like they sound cool if you've referenced them a bunch. Um, we'll have a winemaker's dinner with them in like a month. So hopefully you can make it out and meet them. But, um, who, who else is in, uh, 40 knots is low intervention. They're in Comox, uh, not us, but a Sunday in August. Everyone knows them. I feel like, um, who else? Yeah. Lots in DC. Um, what else? Ontario, I, I admittedly don't know as many winemakers that are low intervention in Ontario off the top of my head, but uh, yeah. Oh, Cidre Polisson, the cider, um, had the like wolf on it. That was, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's feel- awesome. That's like so much. Uh, when I'm editing this, I'll just make a note of all these and it'll be like. My, the all winter's worth of stuff for me and Sarah to sample. We uh we were actually in London a year ago, eleven months ago, and we uh went to a few like wine shops, and we went to this wine night called um, or the, the I think the bar was just called Dan, and it was so good. Like we went there. And it was just this room with like all these antiques and like this table in the middle with like this looked like a candle had been like collecting drips for like decades. It was the coolest place ever. And all they did was have like wine club. Like you would go there, pay a little bit, try a few wines, and like that's really all it did. And it, it's amazing that things like that can exist there it just doesn't seem like it would work here but my girlfriend and i have this idea that we want to try to like put a wine club together over the winter like just you know sampling a a couple of but like do you you see that stuff like becoming more of a a thing as time like as more people get into this it seems like something that will be more prevalent in the city would you agree or no i think so i think the more people wine is meant to be like shared and enjoyed right so i think the yeah. more people are like i really like this absolutely like no one wants to sit and drink alone so yeah like enjoying it in a beautiful space sharing it with friends like 
that's perfect. And yeah, I absolutely think that's, I, I hope anyways, that we start to see more of that. You guys are like personally doing a really good job with your events as well. Like I see them on like on all your media and then Benson was telling me today about some of the stuff happening. Like it, it does really seem community oriented and like you guys are doing a great job at bringing people together to show them this stuff and then kind of show them it's meant to be enjoyed together as well so i don't know if that's like easy to do with one or if you guys are like trying extra hard to like bring people together but it seems like from outside looking in it's pretty effortless and it's great to see like people coming together and hanging out all trying like what you're kind of bringing into the the province or provinces well thank you i mean it's fun it's always fun to do fun things you know so it's yeah. and, and to share you know wine and hang out and drink it with people and yeah so i think doing events like that is just like well let's we, we couldn't for a while so let's let's do it now you know yeah that must have been like so i mean it was frustrating for everyone and i i hate even talking about COVID because of the trauma everyone has from for it. Sure. But for you to be like starting a company kind of based on like, you know, gathering and like the community and trying it at the beginning and throughout COVID must have been difficult. But then now it all, maybe it made like, what's that like really corny like the sweet isn't as sweet without the sour right if you didn't know what you were missing maybe it wouldn't be so much fun to be able to do it now a thousand percent like yeah like now it's just kind of like when you do an event it's for me it's just like well this is truly excellent and it's fun to enjoy and yeah, it's always just makes me very, very grateful for the community that we have in wine here in Edmonton and throughout, you know, Alberta and Saskatchewan, um, because as time goes on, it really is like very special to see the the bonds we've made. And um, yeah, it just means a lot when we all kind of it like natural wine is supposed to be a community. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes that isn't. But when it really comes, you know, down to it and you see everyone trying to help each other out, you're just like, well, this is excellent. And this makes my day, you know? Yeah, it, like pretty uplifting, like a positive sentiment for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. The, the whole thing like gives me kind of a good, I'm actually looking forward to the winter for natural wine. I feel it's just kind of like a cozy thing to do with your friends so i kind of can't wait for it to be like too cold to really go out and do stuff so everyone like i just want to hang out inside with my friends and enjoy some of this wine yeah i'm like well that means more events for us so yeah 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 like obviously now that you are able to have these things is that like a bigger part of planning for Garnold Look, like, would you like to do something monthly or like bi-monthly or quarterly, like ideally? 
we try not to wear people out in the summer because we realize it's beautiful outside and we know that, that you probably have plans. Right. But yeah, in the winter, it's like a fine balance of doing fun and cool things. And then like, you know, let's, you know, have fun, you know. Yeah, no, like I was saying, the winter is seems more ideal for that. Like people don't have as much on the books as they would in the summer. So I think they could like make time to do that more than they could like in the summer months. Exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know, like I don't want to expose what he told me, but yeah, Benson told me there's some interesting things coming up. So hopefully now that I've got to, I always do this when I have a guest on here that like kind of teaches me about like a subculture that I'm interested in, but maybe like don't know enough of that. I just kind of like joke that now I'm in it. Like now, now like the head of Garnold Block has explained natural wine to me. So now this is my life. Like now I'm a wine person <laughs> because of this hour conversation I had. So I I would love to to be out at these events and. I don't know, like, all the people I always see at these things look so interesting to me, too. And I love, like, meeting new people, right? So that's, like, a win-win-win. Wine, staying warm, meeting people. Couldn't be better. Well, I can't wait to see you at one of these events. Yeah, it'll be perfect. Yeah, let me know if you remember. or I'll oh, As if I'm going to forget. Yeah, um, no, sorted. Yeah, but... Um, I mean, I asked a ton of random stuff, got some great answers. I uh, I know you're busy. I am not, but I'll pretend I am. So unless you have anything else you want to talk about, I, th- I think I can let you get back to your day. Did I, okay, did I ramble too much? Was that okay? No, no, that, that was perfect. I... I always feel bad when people ask if they rambled. I wish, I mean, if if you wanted to ramble more, I wish you could have. But the feedback I get on these is like, everyone says keep them to an hour. It's impossible. I look at my phone. It's been an hour. Like my guest is saying something. I want to, I want all the answers to all this or else I wouldn't want to, have this person as a guest right like i just want to hear absolutely everything anyone i've invited on here has to say but then i wait for it to kind of wind down and up you know like an hour 20 seems to be good but in an ideal world i would i would like them to be longer there's like way more stuff i feel you could have taught me or the listeners but i think that's a great start right like unless uh yeah, unless you're like forgetting something that you want to throw in at the end, I, I think that's a good episode. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. I for sure am going to go get some more now. I'm hoping anyone listening who's responsible of age adult <laughs> is also going out to look for some wine tonight. Um, b- before we actually have off, though, do you want to let people know where they can like access Garno Block or you or both online? Oh, totally. So 
If you're ever looking for Garneau block wines, I try to keep the stockists uh, updated. So if you're looking for a store, just hop on our website and go and see. Uh, you can also send us a, a DM uh, on Instagram and we'll we'll get back to you. Um, yeah, and if you have wine questions, you can also just send us an email, uh, info at garneaublock.com. Or again, send us a DM and we'll try and get back to you within a day or so. You, uh, we, I, we spoke first when I posted that, that wonder work one, I thought that was really cool. The way you, it was like really a personal touch that you like, I'm assuming saw them or saw 121 repost it. That's how you found me, but that we, we talked initially and I always wanted to talk to someone about wine on here. And then the more I kind of like looked into what was happening, I realized it was you or Garneau blog, but I didn't know that much. I didn't know anything about you. So I didn't know if you would like be into it or not. But then I figured like I might as well ask. And then, yeah, you were so agreeable. Get it. I think it was like under a week between the time we I'm talked. I'm so and formal. Then... I just probably present very formally, don't I? So yeah, that's fine. But, I mean, that's great though. It's Me? like those are my favorite type of people. Actually, like present, like kind of business oriented. You got a nice like personal brand about you, but then are actually just a very like welcoming, nice person to chat to. That's like my favorite type of of person or guest really because then like anyone looking at you online like a lot of times people only have that glimpse online to like kind of assess what a person is like so like you're presented online very well right it's like a nice professional person you're looking at when you look at your accounts but then yeah it was it was great talking I was no, like nervous, actually, kind of like I was I, nervous. I'm guessing this part is no longer going in the oh, well, oops, uh, if this is still going on the episode, I'll just say I was nervous. It, it could or couldn't, but no, like when it's when it's someone that I really want to talk to, but I haven't like talked to them yet, I'm always like it, it feels like like almost like a celebrity almost is like someone. Someone I like, I'm interested in, look up to in a way, really respect what they're doing, but we haven't even like met at an event or anything. It's it's always like a little nerve wracking, but it's, uh, I mean, I guess I should not look on wood, but it always works out. Like even Justin was like, "Do you know what exactly like what you want to talk about?" I was like, "No," but I have like. I know what I'm going to say first, and then it usually just goes from there. That's, I mean, it felt very organic chatting, which was nice because, you know, when you do other interviews and you have to prepare and you're just like, oh, I like, yeah, this was, I had my cup of tea. Everything was nice. Yeah, people, when I used to ask people, they would always say, like, do you want to send questions? beforehand or like do you want to have a like phone call first and I used to always say like no I don't plan them at all 
And then after a while, I realized that was kind of like rude to the guest. What I mean is they are like premeditated, but I like definitely do re- research. And I, I only ask people, like, I'm not saying it's only cool people on here. It's just I wouldn't ask someone unless I was really interested in their craft. So it is like it's premeditated in that way. I don't just like hop on a Zoom and randomly ask. Like, no, I mean, like, I do cool. randomly yeah. ask, but. Well, yeah, if like something comes to you, you're just like, okay, well, I actually really want to ask this, but you're not just like, well, here we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, yeah that being said, I uh, thank thank you again. I uh, had a lot of fun. I'm going to go, uh, I don't know what, I'll, I'll tell my girlfriend the advice you've given me and then maybe let her form her decision for for what wine we end up getting. But I think I am going to look for that, Christina. Like you said, there was it them that had a, a sparkling orange? Sparkling orange will be, I would say, oh, well, that's not on shelves yet. Ferlani just came out with a sparkling orange that is magnificent, but the still orange is Christina. Busting loose. That's uh Oh, that's we perfect. we just had that one. Couple. Mm. About... Then what well, um do you know the Mino Carbo from Ferlani would also if she wants to still red, I would say that. You know so what then- I the more we talk about this, I'm going to just selfishly save the still orange. Yeah. That's that's kind of the one I want. And I think it's my turn to pay. Oh, well then. So that, that might go in my favor a little as mm-hmm. well. But uh, yeah, thank you for okay, answering well, all these so random cool. questions. And, and please, yeah. uh, really, like, send me message or get justin to or something i would i would love to to bring sarah to an event and see what's going on with that in person uh yeah the next one we're doing is september 24th it's cheese school and and what else uh then i'm sure he told you about the hot dog thing yeah maybe not yeah no, okay I, that's on the i just didn't know what i could say uh, oh yeah i don't know yeah that one is not public knowledge and then um, then the wine dinner with plot and then a wine dinner with delinquent. So well, yeah. The, maybe I'll I'll be in all of them. Who knows? Well, that'd be cool. But Anyways. Either way. Okay, cool. Yes. Well, thanks. thank you so much. Hey, this was just a total delight. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is a pleasure is completely online. Thank you for taking the time at a day. Hopefully you can be less busy over the weekend and relax a bit but i don't know if small business owners get to do that these days not always but you know we'll always find the time i guess uh yeah anyways let me know what you uh what you end up choosing for wine and let me know how it goes okay i will thank you okay. chat soon bye, bye.